Bills, let's not beat around the bush. You've had cyber security issues. You've had your Twitter account famously hacked by Tiga Tawari. Uh, but you haven't had any incidents since. What's what's happened? No, I haven't. And that, and that was a that, I lost 10,000 10, plus followers that day when Tiga Tawari hacked into my Twitter account. But I don't have that problem anymore because I use NordVPN. And NordVPN has doubled down on keeping not just me, but everybody safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file using NordVPN, the threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it even makes it onto your computer. So the cybersecurity in NordVPN is one of the one of the highlights of the this VPN, not just to mention you can see whatever sports you want from all around the world. You can watch your favorite anime. You don't have to go to Japan just to watch anime. You can do it from your home now using NordVPN. So I suggest to our listeners, we all need VPNs. We all use VPNs. Go to nordvpn.com forge slash social distance. You'll get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months free. And it's a com- completely risk-free as well, Jones. It's a 30-day money-back guarantee. Well, I'll tell you, one bloke who needs it, GB, the amount of uh, viruses he's been getting on his old lappy. You know me, mate. I'm big on anime. So <laughs> pretty stoked. I don't have to keep flying to Japan for that. Let's, let's just run the intro and wing it like we always do and see what comes out of it. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Mm. Front kick. Just getting pulled in the chat. My radar's going pretty hard at the moment, I think. Just... Will you Who shut up, man? That escalated quickly. Oh, We're going to need to get some more qualified guests on the show, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Poverty Podcast. I'm, I've got no furniture in my house. I'm moving apartments to to tomorrow got to give the keys back to this place tomorrow so i've moved all of my furniture last week to the my new place the only piece of furniture i've got in this house is a bed so i'm just having to sit on a bed and like try to close every single door hopefully not get much of an echo i was going to do it in the lounge on the floor but it would be like hello 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 hello. yeah how wild is an echo in an empty house oh it's insane what a difference furniture makes Mm. do you get emotional um... when you have to leave like, is there a part of you that sort of you're going to have to take that last glance back at the lounge? I get emotional. I get emotional, but the mo- emotions normally is stress, frustration, anger, mm-hmm. sore back, guilt. Uh, guilt. No, I don't know guilt. <laughs> What's the guilt? Where's the guilt come from? Oh, I got a lot of guilt. That's my, that's you, my predominant emotion. Think you might have emotion. done the lounge room, you regret? <laughs> I don't regret that's my. That. I would say, like, that's my predominant emotion. Just guilt, guilt, <laughs> guilt, and shame. You are yeah. a heavy. You're a heavy guilt-ridden carrier, eh? Terrible person. Big shoulders, though. Strong shoulders. Yeah. Strong back. Yeah. A lot of no, deadlift. I moved everything. We moved everything out last week to Andorra. We're moving up there, up the hill for the good. Um, but it's like real hard at the moment because there's like this in between where Hannah and I are both trying to pack to go to like four places at once. So oh. I've got like clothes that like, like try to take everything I could to Andorra, but leave enough clothes here to live for the week that we're here, tying all the loose ends. But then I need to pack a bag to go to training camp in a couple of days time. But then from training camp, I'm going to New Zealand. And then, but then I've also got to have stuff in Andorra. And then Hannah's got the same, but she's going to America on Thursday. And then she's going to England. Then she's going to New Zealand, but we've got like nothing in one place. It's, it's, it's it sounds you know, much easier than it is, but it's annoying. Hang you know out. what's funny about packing is, is it causes people so much anxiety, but there's not much stuff that if you forget, you can't just buy when you get mm. somewhere else. Yeah. Like you forget mm. your jocks. Oh, I'll just go down and get a six pack from the yeah supermarket, you know? It's that true. makes me sound like, oh, I forgot my dry, my jocks. I'm going to go buy six beers. Mm. And that's Six how I'm going to deal with yeah. my undies. And work out what I do with these. Having no yeah, jobs. and then work out what I'm going to do with my undies on. <laughs> yeah. But it's true. Like, I mean, ultimately, you want to take, you don't want to get, like, I don't want to go to New Zealand for two months and get off the plane with just my wallet and my passport and be like, right, I got to buy a whole new wardrobe. So, you know, you try to take stuff if you can, ideally. But you're right that if you get there, you're like, fuck, I got no toothpaste. Well, you yeah. can buy that anywhere in the world. I, run the, I just run the credit card passport keys. That's actually mm. the essentials. If you go, anything else is solvable. But on the yeah. empty house, we just moved out of our, we've just changed apartments as well. And like, we're in like, we've moved 500 meters down the road. But it's like, just the memories, like walking out of there, like looking back over the shoulder, you're like, yeah. Space. 
you forget about it within 30 seconds. Mm. You, mm. I mean, I've done a couple of circle backs just to like see the old neighbors and, you know, I still go shopping in the old haunts in case I run into the people in the building and say hello. But like back. essentially, you, you attach far more emotion to these things at the time and you think, oh, this is going to be a tough move. And then you, you don't give it a second thought. Yeah, and like the funny thing is that you move. I mean, okay, maybe this is maybe a, not really a g- general statement for everybody, but in our situation at least, like you, you move because you believe you're going to something that's a better option. You know, like you've mm. you've made the choice to move, but it's still like there's all those memories and I don't know, getting sentimental now. I don't really give a fuck. I just want to get out of here now. I've only got a bed in this fucking place. <laughs> Well, what but made you a... hang on to the bed? Why don't you just rip the band-aid and cop the week early? On the floor. Yeah. Oh, well, no, what, because yeah. no, actually the reason the bed stays is because the bed does stay. It's not our bed. It's the apartment's ah. bed. It's the only piece of furniture I requested in this unfinished apartment when I moved into it four years ago, five years ago. Just a bed. Right. So it actually stays here. So it's given us the ability to... Why did you to... request just a bed? Well, it was an unfinished apartment. So they can't. I can't just go... Can you finish it for me? Like, I don't know. Not really how it works, I guess. But I said, can you put a bed in? Because that's like a, seems like a reasonable request. Yeah, it sounds like a weird I think request. it's actually just good for you because you're just such a man of luxury. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, oh, you just need all your stuff. You know, you're a man of stuff. You're, you're like a gadget orientated person or like a thing or, you know, it's, it's good for you to strip your life down, make it simple. Realize well, what I need. The microphone that's that's come from the move. Well, oh, I've, the, the, the... I've inherited a lot of shit, a lot of yeah. shit I don't want, but yeah, yeah. some useful stuff as well. And the worst I, thing I, is, I, you, have, you actually haven't inherited it, you just you just storing it for us. I've got this town bike from I've taken this town bike from Hannah and Sam, and it's it's uh, an old look, and I'm pretty sure it was it was um. It was from I Gomez is the frame name on it, and I'm pretty sure that is that um, that Basque writer, like Ivan Gomez. Mm. Um, I think it's just says I Gomez. uh, He might be an Argentinian footballer. I think it's just a Spanish person Um, who speaks poor English. I Gomez. I I, I, I Gomez. (laughs) (laughs) No, here you go. Ivan Gomez is a 21 year old cyclist born in 2002, so not him. No, that bike's from the 70s, probably. <laughs> oh, there's a 16-year-old Ivan Gomez. Anyway, the, the the thing about this bike is it's it's got a massive, massive head tube and tiny wheels. And it's a town bike and the gears skip. So I've been trying to do wheel. Oh, and the brakes are reverse. So I've been trying to practice wheelies. And I went down the other day. I was like, oh, this would be a great bike for doing wheelies. The balance points with the front wheel about two centimeters off the ground. I flipped straight off the back. <laughs> oh, and you can't no. use the back brake. So I was like, right, I'd try this another time coming up the hill. Same thing. Kick, gears slip straight over the front. Fucking hell, <laughs> this bike's going to kill me. Yeah, maybe stop doing wheelies. The, Man, um... we, had a bit of, we had a bit of a move up, Jonesy. It mm-hmm. was like, so we had, you know, there's two options. You can either pay a removalist a couple of thousand yeah. euros to do. go to Andorra, or you can do it yourself. And I thought to my, I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it myself. Like, who am I to think that I need someone to help me, you know? And also, my main, my main drive was saving money. So I rented this, this big-ass van for like 315 euros or something. So I was like, I'm in, I'm already like in the green. And then um, I thought, initially we thought we we're going to have to do it in two runs because like when you look around your apartment, you think, shit, there's a lot of crap in here. Mm. And then thankfully the van was big enough. We got it all in one. I was like, sweet, saved us having to go to Andorra, back down, back up again. Got up there. It's like full day, like loading the van up, got up there, got there at like 7.30 at night or something. I was like, oh, we'll do the unload tomorrow morning. Let's get some dinner and a beer. Had some dinner and a beer, went to bed. Wake up in the morning. I was like, all right, fresh, you know, like going to unload the van now. The van's like parked on the street right in front of my door, walked out. They'd and just you're like, where's like, the van? No, the van was there, but it was fucking buried in snow. It was just like oh, a no. lizard. Like a blizzard. For, oh, I can't think for, of it as the worst. For like 72 hours, it just didn't stop snowing. It was When we got to Andorra, it was all grass in front of us. When we left, it was like 60 centimeters of snow on the ground. 
Oh. And I was so we're unloading this van like in like minus six and fucking pissing snow, unloading the van, unloading the van. Finally got it done, and then we had like some old furniture in the place we're moving into that we're going to give to. We were giving the couch and the table to somebody, so I like got the couch and the table into the van that night, and then I was like, okay, in the morning I'll drive it down to where they where they live and give them this this stuff. I came out in the morning. I'll still put a photo on socials maybe. The van was like completely buried in snow. But the worst thing was it was parked on the edge of the road because there's no other option. You couldn't put it in the underground car park. It's too big. So the snow plows were coming up like all all night to clear the roads. And you can imagine where the snow goes. It just gets pushed oh, against yeah. the van. So the more it snowed, the more snow just got pushed against the van to the fact that it was like almost at the like driver's window of this like van. It was like a meter high, just wall against the van. And in front of the van as well. And I was like, fuck it. I couldn't get the van out. And we're like living in a kind of secluded area. Thankfully, there's this random supermarket across the road that sold snow shovels. So like after two days of like carry lifting furniture, my shoulders are fucked. I haven't got good shoulders. I've busted them about 55 times in my career. So the shoulders aren't made for like carrying heavy stuff, let alone two hours of shoveling snow to get the fucking van out. Oh, you should you should have done what Demers did that famous move what was it ten years ago when he said that's it I'm just reducing all my stuff to a garbage bag mm. he must I think he saw that movie Into the Wild and it like inspired him he went and then yeah and then I remember checking in about six months later I think he was miserable I think mm. he slowly started getting all his stuff back actually I I lie I lie to you I tell a lie when I say the only piece of furniture we've got in this house is a bed. Because there's actually three pieces of furniture. There's a bed, and then there's two like deck lounge chairs that are, oh, yeah. that I was looking after for Demers eight years ago when he decided to go minimalist. Right. And they've been in my apartment ever since, and they're still yeah, fucking here. It was like a run-out sale, remember? As soon as people got wind that he was just getting rid of all his gear, like all the uh, fleas and flies come out. He's mm. like, yeah, mate, what are you doing with that? You don't want that? Yeah, I'll take that. Isn't this this whole thing about it's like that Family Guy episode, you know, the the Japanese influencer, and it's like, does it bring you joy? And then and Lewis goes on the rampage and then gets rid of her whole life and gets rid of Peter, gets rid of everything because it doesn't <laughs> yeah. bring her joy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's amazing. I've always wondered like, how minimalist could you go? Because like, yeah, I like the idea. Like when when we moved around, how much shit you just have, and like, as a as a cyclist. 90 if i uh, i reckon i could go like backpack if i wasn't a cyclist but as mm. soon as you need to be a professional athlete you need like like we had to move a gym like mm. that's fucking heavy yeah or mm. or like move a you know like seven bikes or eight bikes and all the shit and you go well every, every bike comes with its own problems and, and another thing of this and and all of a sudden you're like oh just fuck it i'm just going to be a clutter hoarder whatever but like the reality is you like you could like we were the same like going through we we got a lot of stuff found a lot of stuff that i've just kept for like i moved to drone in 2010 with a suitcase and a bike you know and now i have a a house full of stuff but a a lot of that stuff you're just like why did i keep this but at a certain point in time you thought you needed to so we got rid of like all of that kind of stuff you're like stuff that i didn't even know i had in the cupboard i didn't go oh shit that oh cool I was like, okay, I had yeah, yeah. just eight years ago. But like, where you, do you, you sit on the, what do you sit on this stuff? This is the bit where I get bogged down is like the memorabilia. Like I was going through and I saw like, uh, a good example was the, the Bennett placard from the Tokyo Olympics, you know, that they put mm. on the front of the car. Mm. Yeah, it's quite cool. Like, yeah, I went to the Olympics. Good on you. You know, like, does anyone actually give a fuck about that? Well, I, oh, you know, I mean? that. it is cool. That's, that's man cave stuff, mate. When you're 60, yeah, and you're cracking a cold. Okay, in what New about like, ribbons from? Okay, here's a good example. Then I was, I gave trying to give as much kit as I can to like these juniors. So I sent it back with Caitlin's parents back to New Zealand, and in there was like a bunch of these jerseys where I wore like the mountain jersey for a day in Tortolan last year. You know, mm. no, I don't keep couldn't that. give. I accidentally got into it, you know? I was going for a time bonus and ended up in it because Alaphilippe put his brakes on because he didn't want to wear it. Mm. So we were, like, sprinting for this time bonus and then, like, he was, like, saw the mountain jersey just after it and just put the brakes on and I crossed the line. I was like, fuck. So anyway, like, I, yeah. I wore it for a day. Do I, do I want that? No, that, no, you don't want that, but I'd keep the Tokyo 
kind of thing. Yeah, but it's the genre of like slightly significant, slightly, you know, like mm. memorabilia. Like, oh, my first, uh, like. Girona needs know, a like cycling a, museum, I reckon. Where it shows, people yeah, that have lived there can donate because mm. it'd be fascinating because you know how you go to these sports museums. I love walking past and going, oh, shit. There's Mike mm. Whitney's mm. baggy green, you know, like random one? stuff that you just look at. And I used to love that. Girona would be a, a hotspot for that. It's but that it shows the first the, museum. It shows the progression of your career as well, George, because like 15 years ago, you would have kept the King of the Mountains jersey that you wore for one day at Tour of Southland, you know? Yeah. You I've still got the King of – funny you say that. I've got the King of the Mountains jersey from Southland. Because at that point in your career, that was big. And then, like – and then it, you you couldn't even imagine wearing the Tour de, the Tour de Lan King of the Mountains jersey for a day because that's a pro race, top-level race. You're racing against Alaphilippe, these guys. Mm. But your career progresses to a point where, like, that's not necessarily an achievement for you anymore. Because you aspire yeah. to greater things, because you've done bigger things, it's like. But also, like people like Hannah, she she kept, and not just her. She's not in isolation here. I know a lot of pro bike riders that have kept every single race number from every race. Uh, I've got that. I've got. Every I haven't got a number. single. I haven't got a single have number. You? Every, every single, single number. number. From that, every race I've ever done. From my first Rainbow Rage. I take them back to New Zealand every year and I put them in a, a big case with the idea being that when I retire, I'm going to make the wallpaper out of, I'm going to make the garage wallpaper out of numbers. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. I think I've got one number I kept and it was from maybe two numbers, both from the Olympics. And they're just still on my skin suits that I wore in the final. What about your last it? race? threw that away as soon as I got on the bus. I don't know. I just didn't keep any numbers. Fucking see you later. Yeah. Close that fucking chapter. Well, that's seven <laughs> no, just... days in hell when he goes, later tennis. Yeah. No, I don't know. I just didn't keep any numbers. I don't know. The only thing I did keep is I went through the other day or the other week, all my kit. So I, I kept kit from every year, but I kept way more. So every year, every professional team I rode for, I had I had kit from it, but I had way too much of it. So I got rid of quite a fair bit of it, gave it away. But I I um I kept like at least a set of kit from every year, every professional team I was in. That's the only thing mm. I've kept. And a bike, my I kept my training bike for my first year pro with Radio Shack. And the reason I kept that is because I never asked for it back, and I, and I never offered it back. So that's the only. We bike were actually great benefactors of um. So in Trek, we were both riding the same. I wrote, I had like, we after Radio Shack got merged with Leopold, it was Leopold, yeah. Um, the like Andy Schleck, Fabian Cancellara chapter, they came into, and we were Radio Shack, and I started here with Radio Shack with Sam. And then my first year pro, when Sam left, I went to this Radio Shack, Leopold Trek, and we were owned by a guy called Flavio Becker, and he was this... Um, Luxembourg, yeah, it was a court enforced, yes, yeah, so well. He he started this, um, his whole thing was this energy drink that I actually saw around recently called, um, like B plus or something like this. It, or something. Wasn't he the coffee as well? I think it was, it was a real, oh, I don't know if he had coffee. He, I mean, this it? bloke had fingers in a lot of pies. Mm. But anyway, what happened was um, Johan Brunier was the director, and it was all it was all little bit sort of suspect. And then halfway through the year, um, Brunier gets fired. The whole Lance thing comes out. The you know the investigation formally launches. Whatever. A, few, a lot of the guys just suddenly not allowed to go near cycling. So Johan's gone. The what was the 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 whole paying agent, the Australian, the American yeah. paying agent, was, and and Flavio took over this team. Slipstream Sports and like, or something? It, no, no, it wasn't them. No, that oh, was Waters. Bloody, just clear the air quickly. It wasn't them. Delete that. Sorry, <laughs> we don't do any research here. That could well, have ended up in I know, litigation. I know, who, I know who it is, but I'm not going to say that. Yeah. So, um, 
then uh, anyway, something went tits up on that organization too, and Trek, this but Flavio Becker owned all the bikes, and Trek normally Trek would get all their bikes back at the end of the year, and Flavio had all the bikes, and he just went, mm, "Fuck you, I'm not giving you bikes back," and I had four bikes. And no one ever asked. And so I ended up with four bikes out of that. Did you sell them? No, I kept them. They were at home in my like in my little hoarding wasn't, museum. Wasn't like, Caitlin like using bikes. one for a long time? Yeah, Caitlin was, was using one. And then the two brand like two sick paint job ones are up on the shelf. <laughs> There's a funny story of well it's not funny. Uh Linda McCartney team back yeah. in uh geez, two thousand one or something. They're racing at two down under and Steve O was the director there. And there was all murmurs that the team was going to fold and dodgy shit was going on and people weren't getting paid. And they they had on their jersey, like, I think it was Jaguar or one of the big car brands. And they were going, yeah, we're going to get sponsored, you know, all this sort of stuff. Turns out the bloke didn't even speak to Jaguar. He just slapped the like the branding on the jerseys and people weren't getting paid. So Steve-O got like a minivan filled with all their equipment, bikes, everything, and rang this guy whilst he was on the road and he refused to cough up the money. So Steve just kept driving and then started paying like people that rode money and bikes and kit and like was the Robin Hood of the team to like that, make sure that, that they got something. Fuck up, eh? Oh, what was the team called? Linda McCartney. Linda McCartney. Like she, it was Paul McCartney. Isn't that Mrs. Paul McCartney's wife? Yeah, she was doing yeah. like vegan food and stuff. And then you're the kidding me. Paul McCartney's wife started a cycling team. Did you not know about yeah, Linda McCartney? You know about this? What the fuck? Okay, go like on. Wigo, and it was a massive team. Like Wigo rode for them. Uh, it was like a division. They team met. They all the got to meet work. Paul McCartney. Dave McKenzie was with him, and he said they went round to Paul McCartney's house for a few sangers and a cups of tea or whatever. A couple of Cheerios. Yeah. yeah. You didn't and laugh. It was a massive team. Craig Geeter worked for them. Yeah, Gita was there, but it lasted like three months. It well, was like, no, um, they, oh, really? They, they won a like stage of the Giro, but I think it was the like. second year that it went tits up. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't hey, quite as Google bad it. as Pegasus. Remember Pegasus cycling? Oh, that was bad because that was just yeah. before Green Edge. Yeah. And that's why we had a lot of riders that were burnt. And as soon as they heard that there was an Aussie starting a new team, they're like, oh, hang on, we've been through this Mate, shit before. That happened to me. That's exactly. I so Shane Shane rang me. I I I was a star sharing with Radio Shack. I'd already signed, but I was actually there was an out because of the merger. Mm. And um, Shane Shane Bannon rang me, and he's like, Mate, "Come to this this new team, Greenedge. Uh, this is two thousand and eleven. Mm. And I'd just been talking to uh, Clinton Avery, who had been part of the Pegasus debacle. Mm. And I went, "I'm not touching that with a ten foot pole." Yeah. yeah. Yeah, jokes well, on that's me. How, you know? um, <laughs> that's how, like, the first year in Radio Shack, the second year in Radio Shack, was when um, Robbie Hunter and Robbie McEwen joined Radio Shack because they were in Pegasus. That's and right. That folded. That folded in like December or something. Yep. They went to team yep. camp. They yep. all went to team camp in the Gold Coast or something, eh? That's right. And then, and then it folded before the down under. Yeah. And then there was all, all these people bikes, scrambling. 30, 30 bike riders, like, like Swaino was in there, brothers. Imps. Swaino, Imps. Because, yeah, because yeah, yeah, Imps ended up at NetApp or something after that, or MTN, I think, back That's in right. Africa. Yeah. And the Man, two Netap. Robbies, Hunter and McEwen, came to Radio Shack. There's a lot of good bike riders there that got stung, eh? Yeah. I know why the Slinda McCartney team might have gone tits up, boys. She died in 1998. Was it his wife or his wow. sister? That's his. It was his wife, oh. but she had her own vegan food. Yeah, it's brand. his wife. She died in 1998. Linda This story's not adding up. What time? What? Yeah. Oh well. Linda actually, I don't have team. the. I don't have the dates. It was definitely the cycling team. Yeah, Linda McCartney's cycling team. Yeah, I'll get it They're up. They were paid Google. by Streamyard Sports or something. 1998. The team began in 1998 with Linda McCartney Foods, maker of vegetarian yeah, well, she food. She died in 1998. That's the why the team was... went shit tits up. She died in 1998. Yeah, so the car, it disbanded in 2001. So it actually ran for a few years. Yeah, so I got my date right. I said 2001. Yeah. Max Scandry rode there. Matt Stevens. Didn't Bradley they win a stage Charlie with Dave McKenzie? Dave McKenzie. Yes. 
David McKenzie was the, in a breakaway, won solo. Yeah, he won the Giro. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand. Maybe in it was founded in her honor. In two thousand twelve, founded in her honor. Well, speaking of, um, it disbanded big... in two thousand and one with reported debts of up to one million US dollars. Yeah, Steve. Eh? We should have got him on the show. He could have given us an insight. Yeah, in got those fucking bikes off him. In two thousand and twelve, a British investigation was launched into the former team. Why did they do that eleven years later? With the allegations that the team management did not organise doping, but knew of several riders doping and turned a blind eye. Oh. Right. Righty, yeah. In in other news, um, GCN folding. That's big yeah, cycling that's, news. That's sad, eh? Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Real well, shit. I don't understand it because they were just growing so fast. I don't see how they weren't. You know, I don't see. That, yeah. So like, what? That, what it is is like. It's it's a it's a strategic play from above. So mm. who are they owned by? Warner Brothers, is it? Yeah. Or, so Warner then Brothers they Discovery. Disney. Discovery. No, Warner Brothers Discovery. So they're wanting to oh. then grow that one-stop brand to um, do like a sports chain, and so I'd say it's all going to filter through that because mm. you're seeing that Netflix Sports is becoming a thing now, and so Warner Brothers will be just keeping it under the one banner rather than having all offshoots. All of those companies are doing that. Eh? They're starting to streamline. They're starting to like put everything online in one yeah. in one place. Hub. Yeah. Yeah. But why can't but, why can't GCN just exist as its own thing and not need to be linked to one of these? Why can't why can't GCN body. just literally go? All right, we're taking every person, every every, you know, because it was a great. Th- it was a absolutely awesome. It was the best thing that's happened for cycling production in years or ever. But why can they not just take that, transplant it outside of the umbrella of one of these massive companies, and just run it as a as an independent organization? Because they're wanting your eyeballs just to be fixed to one central location. So if you're going to see cycling whilst you're no, there, why you can't might... GCN? Why can't the? Because they don't. It's owned by own. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. So Warner Brothers are going to be yeah, saying, okay. "Well, why Let's do we want something else?" Well, yeah, but they wanted. They want you to get lost in the woods of other Warner Brothers shit whilst you're looking for cycling. So that whilst you're there, mm. you go, "Oh." So what you mean specifically, to... George? Is why don't the people from GCN quit their jobs at yeah. GCN slash Warner Brothers and start something new? Yeah, because it was clearly successful. I mean, I, I can't think it, that it wasn't unprofitable. Wow, well, no but yeah. you'd have to look under the hood. But ever, oh, everyone's yeah, clamping down everywhere. It's a shame because I mean, I guess we have to wait and see what the what the next product's going to be or what the what the what it's going to turn out to be like under this new platform, whether it's Eurosport or Discovery Plus or whatever it is. Um, but it's a shame because GCN was a was a bloody good um I think the YouTube channel is going to stay. So The best thing about GCN that. racing was the amount of racing they showed. Mm, everything. Like, okay, you don't have to search too far. to Okay, so Eurosport shows a Tour de France and all that stuff. Again, Eurosport is under the Warner Brothers banner as well it's all part of the same company but like you could always find those big big races on other platforms if you lived in new zealand you could watch it on sky sports if you lived in australia you could watch it on channel i don't know sbs or whatever you use in australia Mm. but gcn was like so good because it showed every single race basically and and like it's a as like even in like the as a sports director like it's it was so handy because you could have it on Mm. in the car you know so you could follow along with the race no matter what race you're at. So Weirdly, on... except for Tortoise Swiss. Like, for some reason, Tortoise Swiss was the one what race a year you just couldn't watch on GCN. Yeah, I remember you saying that, actually. You're right, yeah. I don't know why. It was real rare. I no Maybe they didn't, on, didn't really have the rights in Spain it. or something. Yeah. Something like that. But yeah, it's a shame. It's a, it was a good organization. I did a, I did a documentary with them last year. Uh, with Mitch. With Mitch Docker, yeah. Well, it'd be hitting Mitch hard because he was doing heaps of content with him. Yeah, he was. He's just done another one recently against Six Day. I guess mm. that's going to be his last one. But uh, no, it was fun. It was good people to work with. Pretty, was, they produced good content. Like outside of the the live racing, they had those cool documentaries and 
all those things on, um, on the GCN platform. So, yeah. What's Sorry Israel Premier Tech's content plan next year, boys? They're going to really sort of milk this new Kiwi one-two punch, couple of characters. We've got a few Kiwis. We've got, we got uh, three Kiwis, don't we? You should know. Yeah, I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got two. And two no, riders and you. Yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah, we got Nikki Strobel joining the force as well. The chef. Yeah. Andy yeah. Gerrans. Imps. Got a good crew. Yeah. Imps. Yeah. Baby. Yeah. yeah, we got a good um Antipodean. Antipodean nuclear. Yeah. No, it's good. We've got our first training camp next week, actually. Starts on uh, Wednesday next week. Now, now George is coming to meet the crew. It's it's a good it's a good talking point. You you at that point of your career now, George, where you can reflect on many many training camps. What if you were running the show? One, do you need to do a training camp? And two, if you're going to run one, what's the ideal mix for everyone involved? Riders, staff, team culture. Like, well, I started well by putting it at a at a golf course. Mm. So yeah, that's good. That's we're already off to a flyer. So we basically, I think. From understanding, you get up, hit the range, maybe do a bit of riding, come home, play nine. Well, no, no, it's, it's normally you get up, you do a quick range session pre-breakfast because it's like it's getting close to down under now, so you want to start getting the metabolism burning. So instead of doing like a roller session before breakfast, you do like a bit of a range session just to get the mm. metabolism going, just to help. Go and have breakfast, and then there's actually two courses there. So we play eight in in the morning, come in for lunch, and we play eight in the avo. So mm. it goes. Mm. It's a good camp. And how how many days you got? I think we're there for six weeks playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I told Hannah. Six week camp. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's um, out for milk. <laughs> it's nine days or something. Ten days. Oh, that's a long one. No, I think yeah, training a... camps. The 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 key is to like. It depends what time of year it is. You know, like if you're in, if you're sitting up in December, it's not crucial. But like if you're in. Uh, if you're in season, the thing is to like avoid big groups because you end up just faffing about in the wheels, yeah. you know. But at UAE, we took it to the extreme, so we'd be riding along like two by two, you know, and you'd be riding every 20 meters would be two UAE riders because it was like you got to ride zone two. You know? So it's like, and if any groups got too close to each other, the coach come past, they'd be like separate, and you'd be like have to give off like 20 meters because you didn't want the draft from the guy in front of you. So like. And sometimes we'd like, I remember we were in like, we were in uh, Sierra Nevada and like Quickstep were there and they'd just be like riding past in this group, you know, Belgy style, Crystal Cranks in the wheels. And then, and then they'd just see like two UAE riders, two UAE riders. Like, and like, what are these guys doing? Yeah. <laughs> but it actually makes kind of, it makes sense, you know, it's like, if you don't want to be in the wheels, like, okay, you don't need to go to the extreme of like, of that. But like sometimes I remember my first training camps, you'd take the whole team and you just split it into two groups. So you'd have two bunches of like 15 riders mm. and you'd maybe pull one turn in the whole day because everyone's doing sort of 10 minute turns. By the time it got to you, you'd pull 10 minutes and then that was it, back in the wheels. Mm. Do, do they just... still have the old school bills like the bonding night where you can just go, right boys, we're getting on the cans. We're going to yeah. play a few little games just to get to know you. Yeah. No, our, the, the, our team's really good with, I, I would say like, I mean, obviously the team's been going on a lot on a lot longer than I've been in. I've only been in for one year, but like it's, they are really, it's a really, it is really a culture driven team in a lot of ways. And they're like always looking for ways to continue to grow the culture and push the culture and all those sorts of things. So yeah. they, we will have like a, a fun day, like where we'll have, you know, everyone together. And, and that's what's kind of cool about this camp is that, there's a shitload of people there. Like we basically take up a whole hotel, but we have yeah. so many um, like passionate owners and partners and stuff that want to come and like integrate with the team and spend time with the team. And that's a lot. I mean, obviously the primary focus in December is training, especially for the down under group. But then yeah. you have like, it's also a chance for like all the riders to meet the owners, to integrate with the owners a little bit, like, and, and like have a night with everybody together, like a fun dinner, like a quiz or like whatever, you know? A few mm. different bits and pieces like that, so it's quite it's quite a quite a good camp in that sense. Get everyone out on the range, like George says, laugh at the people who can't hit a golf ball, which is you'd be surprised, man, how many people can't hit a golf ball. Like 
not like hit a golf ball well. I mean, just hit a golf ball. Uh, it's insane. Isn't it, isn't it funny among blokes? Like, if you go to a group environment like that and you see a guy that can't swing to save himself, automatic questions start being asked. Mm. Like, what's what's this bloke? Actually, I've got a couple of golf stories for you, Jonesy. I'm going to blow smoke up my own ass for a couple of minutes here, guys. So bear with me. Yeah. Um, firstly, first thing is we went on a golf trip at the end of the season. So that was about six weeks ago now. We organized a three-day golf trip, five of us. Yeah. And we went to this golf resort, like, just out of uh, an hour out of Girona. Stayed a couple of nights there, played three rounds. I had an eagle, my first ever eagle. Jeez. On a path. On a par five, obviously, it's obviously the most easy, the easiest holes to eagle on. But get this is how I got the eagle: duff the drive, top the drive off the tee, sixty meters. Yeah, a 500, 500 meter par three, par five. Yeah. Sorry, duff the drive sixty meters into the fucking trees. I was like, oh, this is going to be a shit hole. Yeah. Stuck behind a tree. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to lay up. I laid up with a six iron. Had a pretty decent six iron back in the middle of the fairway, two hundred and fifteen yeah. meters from the green, three wood in the hole. You're joking. Yeah. That's awesome. And did oh, you man. see it drop in or did you see the whole thing drop. pan out? Yeah, yeah. I saw it drop oh, in. Oh, what was the I reaction? Just, oh, I ran 215 meters. Fucking run. Yeah. 19 seconds. I broke the world record. Pulled the board <laughs> out of the hole. That's yeah. awesome. And then went on to shoot 100. Uh, and then. <laughs> <laughs> and how many times did you hear about that shot, George? How many Mate, that's all I've heard. Gone? Every time I see him, he's like, oh, do you know I got an eagle? And the yeah, next three, yeah. it's also going to tell you he shot 84 the other day, and that's always yeah. thinking about getting a tattoo that says 84 on it. And then with shot an eagle, shot he's going to get like, week, an eagle, like a massive eagle that's tattoo awesome. on his back, like a big American eagle. Hey, well, hang on, 84, hey, uh, 84 what course? Not that par three Pitching one you par, played. Yeah, par four. three course. No, no, no. I played at the, um, at the Rocker Village actually down by Barcelona. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a good course. Yeah. Shit, mate. All those, all, right. all those there you days. Go. Lost about five hundred listeners in the last five minutes. So, <laughs> yeah. well, who, where, where are those famous golf clubs of mine? That's like an orphan. George's, like, yeah. George's got them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they've been well, through a go. few people. So they went through oh, yeah. me and a Novi, and then they went. Uh, now, George's inherited no, them from Novi too. Or well, Durbo had them for a while. Yeah, Durbo had them for a while. And yeah. then, did he? Oh, I can't remember. He had a few of the clubs, at least. Well, speaking now, of Nobby, um, I see he's sports director with Bora next year. Yeah. Have you given him some tips or what? No, he seems to be going well. He's been getting into his meetings. He's a hard-nosed man. He just, you know, you know what Nobby's like. Yeah. I was on this call with this fucking young prick the other day. Fucking <laughs> whinging and moaning about his race program. I said, well, fucking, fucking show me. There's a better one, mate. Because <laughs> it's not as if he's not intimidating enough for a young bloke yeah. with this big mullet, you know, eight day growth. Yeah. That's You'd be shitting funny. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's, uh, good. he's going to training camp as well next week, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, now, in other sports, uh, just wrapping things up. I jumped on the Tottenham Hotspurs bandwagon when oh. they were undefeated and thought, I'm going all out. I ordered like a Sun uh, jersey, the works. Ever since I've ordered that jersey, they haven't won a game. And who's top Blues now? Full off. Who is it? Arsenal. Arsenal, baby. Uh, yeah. Arsenal yeah. and Tottenham are like, it's going to make the show interesting going forward. Mm. You're a Tottenham fan. My dad's a Tottenham supporter, actually. Is he? Yeah, but Tottenham and Arsenal are like arch enemies. Yeah, yeah. North London. That's it. Mm. Oh, well, be interesting year, boys. We Going went to, to the food game. Spot. Went to the Girona game the other day, actually. They're Who top, played? They're top of the league, top of La Liga. What, in the main division? Yeah. How how, how many games have they played? 14. Jeez. They what were two they points. new signings? They were two points clear. Now they're, they're like equal with Real Madrid. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Have they upgraded the stadium yet or is it still? It's still tiny. They put a few like um, makeshift stands up, but it's like 13,000 people. So they put a couple of dick it's pretty funny. down the bottom. Yeah. Because like, I mean, there's still a long way to go. There's still another 34 games to go in the season. But like, let's say they finish top four. That means they're in Champions League. Champions League. Yeah. Like they could be playing like 
PSG or like Bayern or someone like that. Like a and there's some things there's a rule thing. like your stadium has to be able to hold like a minimum capacity, so they just cram mm. people in. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what the minimum capacity is though. It can't be that big. Don't know. Because like mm. some of these stadiums, like you look at some of the Premier League teams, like Luton, Luton Town, who's in Premier League now, first time in about I don't know how many years ever, maybe. They're like they like there's like you walk through someone's backyard to get into the stadium. It's like real famous. What's that called, Hannah? That's Luton Town. You know when you walk through that guy's house to get into the stadium. It's next level. Really, you walk through his front yard, like through his. Pretty much, entrance. it's called like something stand, and it's like some dude's house. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. The Luton yeah, fans out there know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What right. else has been happening in the cycling world? Not much. It's been quiet, hasn't it? Yeah, I, I haven't yeah. really been paying attention. Van Aert's it's always zero, GC. Is he? Well, that's a rumour. I hope they do another series of the Netflix show next year. You guys would yeah, be involved, well, wouldn't you? Well, didn't didn't um well Jumbo's done Amazon, no? Yeah, I don't know. They did an Amazon we to, series. We need to get a doco up and running for Israel Premier Tech. Mm. All right, leave it, leave it with us. Oh, and the show us up close, your mo, George. How long have you been growing that thing for? 28 days. <laughs> it's the best I can do, boys. Not bad. You didn't even trim your bloody beard bills to go with the handlebars. Uh, I've had a lot going on. What's um? How's the Movember page going, actually, Jonesy? Yeah, I've raised 330 bucks. So. That's right. If anyone could uh, jump on and donate, and a big uh, thanks to the people that have. Um, there was a guy, remember the guy I was saying who blanked me when I was with um, Mitch at the Worlds last year? Mm. He donated 100 bucks. Yeah, nice. So, uh, so yeah, he's donated a third of your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, um, he's been a big support. So we'll post the, the link so um, people can get on and... One last throw at the pegs. We've got one more day. The yeah, time this goes out, it'll be December. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, other things that get around, Aussies, mate, world champions. Mm. Never in doubt. How's the how's the arrogance over there? Mm. Like, just absolutely shit canned through like, the bottom of the table after about three weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 and then wake up, wake up, final morning. I oh, was final on us there. Yeah, let's go out and absolutely for me. Okay, as much as it hurts me to say, that might be one of the greatest. Uh, sort of, you never think Aussies underdogs, but in terms of like the dominance of how of India in that World Cup for Australia oh, to yeah. get up against them at home is almost one of the greatest victory, like one of the most against the odds wins especially in a final at home in india no i reckon it's wow. just a t- statistical thing it's i don't i don't reckon it matter who they played like at a certain point if you win nine games in a row like the more games you win in a row the closer you get to losing a game i don't know i don't believe that like there's no like people i remember this when the warriors were playing everyone's like oh no they've won eight in a row uh they've got to lose one they've got to lose one and it's like well it's like if you, it's like this is like my theory with roulette. If you, if you ever, you've done the gambling thing where it's not that we condone gambling, but the idea of going like, right. But if you ever played the, the tactic where yeah, you run, wait for like a run of five and bet red and black against it on the roulette, yeah. right? Yeah. No, see, this is where it's wrong. So what you do is you always bet the same color, no matter what. And then if you, so let's say you bet five euros and you lose. Then you have to bet 10 euros and you lose. Then you have to bet 20 euros and you lose. And eventually the, you can't, you know, as long as you double, you always get your money back, right? Mm. But it's it's like the oldest shittest theory in the world. But I thought like tables have limits and then you can't bet it back in. But anyway, um, the, the probability 
each time it's a, it's such a strange thing with with it's the, the same because probably every single role is individual mm. yeah. yeah but then if you go what's the combined probability of 10 of them in a row being you know red then it's far less mm. but each time it's still 50 50 it's like the whole thing if you have a um if you have a game show and they say to you like right there's a car behind one of these doors and then they say we're going to take out one of these doors and you pick a you pick a door and they say okay we're going to take out one that it's not in and there's two doors left do you switch your answer and probability wise yes you definitely mm-hmm. should because it's yeah it's 50 50 as opposed to 33 when you took your original decision so you you actually increase your probability by swapping the doors mm. Because like in roulette, there's no reason why, because like you say, every single roll is individual. There's no reason why it can't land on red for eternity, every roll. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. the law of probability is that it won't. That's right. Just like so, there's no reason yeah, like, why India couldn't win 10 in a row. Well, the funny thing with that is like when Pat Cummings came back to the Australian airport, there was one young child to greet him to ask for an autograph. That was about it. Couple of media done, hmm. yeah. Really? And the oh yeah, and then the Indians were saying, "What a disgrace! Like, what a homecoming!" It's true. And then they had Travis Head, who'd been on a three-day bender, and they had to rest him for the first T20. They're like, "Mate, sit this one out." <laughs> String injury. Yeah, that's it. Um, and injury. Last one for me, boys. Uh. Remember a couple of years ago, I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. I've just been accepted to go on Tipping Point. Oh yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm going on the 19th of December. <laughs> What's that? You love it's, a game show. Hey? It's <laughs> like that one. It's in the UK. Yeah. These little counters where you press the button and it falls down, and then it pushes them on like this table, and every counter's worth like 50 bucks, and uh, you can win if you get through the final round. There's like a counter worth 10 grand. And if you get that with the times two counter, you win twenty grand. So I'm going all the way. So you have to answer questions first, right? Yeah. You want to know how to? No, just like who? I'm always interested in the psyche of of the person that applies for a game show. Like I wouldn't even know where to start. You know, these people just are on game shows. I've never like Mm. it's not something I've ever encountered in my life. Like people trying to get on game shows. It's just I turn on TV sometimes, and there's people on there. And it's never yeah. been something that I've come across like, oh, I'm going to try and get on there. So what, like, what, like, are you looking yeah, at it and process. you go, right, I want to be on that? I, I I watched Tipping Point for ages, particularly during lockdown, three o'clock routine. And I thought if it ever comes to Australia, I'm going on that. Because I love the claw machines that, you know, at the, um, just in case you didn't know what they were, I'll do the hand signal <laughs> um, <laughs> at the arcades. And I thought, well, it's the closest thing I got to that, but I could win some cabbage as well. And they go, on, I think the Aussie one, they're going for more pub trivia vibe. So that's that's right in my wheelhouse. It's hosted you have to by do an Todd audition? Woodridge. Yeah, you had to get on Zoom. And I gave the same story because they sort of vet you to see, oh, is this guy a character? And I gave the same story as I did to get on Moon Air Hot Seat. And they go, okay, guys, we're going to go around the room. And when it comes on you, just introduce yourself, what you do, why you like tipping point. I thought, oh, fuck, here we go. So then it came to me and I said, hey, guys, my name's Dan. Um, I work in sort of sports media. But, um, yeah, before that is probably more of an interesting story. And I told him about how I was sacked from the toothpaste factory. They loved it. <laughs> and, tell how, and then they go, oh, what happened? I go, oh, you know, stuffed up a batch of home brand and, you know, it's about 50 grand worth and, they tested it and come up with like no reading, but they said stuff it. It's home brand. We'll pump it into the tubes. <laughs> so fifty thousand tubes across Australia just like pissed on their toothbrush. Got ha- massive laughs, and then you see the girl like writing something. She must be going like, "Fucking get this bloke on." <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I, got, I got an email literally an hour after the audition, like, "Hey, just let us know dates. You're not available." And I just gave a few dates, but I got the kids in that. And then they came back and rang me yesterday and said, yeah, like we've got you in on the 19th. They said, you can bring a crowd. I said, is this hosted by Todd Woodbridge? And then she said, yes, it is. So I'll do a bit of research on his background, see if I can come up with any banter to give him some stick. 
She goes, oh yeah, that, that'd be great. He'd love that. He lo he loves banter. Yeah, so tipping point, boys. I'll get the highlights of uh, my performance. So hopefully, that toothbrush, I can that toothpaste story has got you. It's your bread and butter story, eh? Bread and butter. Well, it's either that. I couldn't really tell the story about the toilet incident on the train. It's probably not as appropriate. No, it's actually not as funny. No. The best one is Although, the toothpaste. When you leave the toothpaste fraction, your car doesn't start. You got to go back yeah, and no. for a jump. <laughs> No, push. They all push me out the door in lab coats. So four or five of them. <sighs> For those another... new listeners who haven't heard the toothpaste story, go back, I don't know. Just go through every single episode and you'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. And then while you're there, oh, go, was... I think it was around this time two years ago we told the story on the train. George just midway through a conversation just goes, all right, boys. Yeah. Well, that... All right. I'm at my limit. All right. Cut it off. <laughs> and then what they don't see is what George says off air. And it's yeah. I'd say he's paying a dollar forty to say as soon as we stop recording. Guys, yeah. Don't know about that one. Yeah. I think spin we it. just spin it. Just spin it's it. actually an interesting piece of information for the for the for the uh, return listeners. Basically what happens before every show is George goes, Fuck, I got nothing, man. I've fucking got nothing. And then Jonesy reassures him by saying, None of us do, we never do. When have we ever prepared for a show? Don't worry, it'll be okay. And then we sort of stumble our way through a show. Admittedly, I'll give what, a point to George here that it's much harder in the off-season because there's almost no cycling content to talk about. So it's always a little bit more daunting this time of year. Then we sort of fumble our way through a show talking about whatever we just spoke about. And then at the end of the show, George goes, oh, was that all right? Was that shit? Should we, fuck, should we just do it again? Or And we and then Jonesy goes, nah, it's fine. I say just don't believe it. it. I just say just fucking bit it. Just bit it. Don't we have some sponsor oh, stuff we need to do? Yeah. Yeah, we do have some yeah. reading, don't we? Yeah. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's do that then. We'll do it off here. Yep. Good All stuff. Right. All right. Well, that was a good show, guys. Thanks what do you think, George? In. Keep it? Keep it or bin it. It's like in. Gladiator. Well, it doesn't matter because we're going to bin this, so. All right. <laughs> well, why are we doing the reading? Hmm. All right. Like, share, subscribe.